Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Seeing as God sees. Let's finish this thing up. This is the last part. This is part five of the series. We're going to finish it up today, seeing as God sees. So go ahead and jump up and down a little bit. Get loose. Get ready. We're going to have a hot meal here. And you're going to leave here different than when you came in stronger, more free, more free. Hallelujah. So God invites us and exhorts us and and calls out to us to see things as he sees them. Yeah, to see like he sees, to, to look at things the way that he looks at them, to look at others the way he looks at others. You say, well, how do we do that? By believing what he said. And not deviating from it. Not trying to modify it to fit what so-and-so told me. Not trying to modify it to explain what I went through. Right? We don't modify what he said. We embrace it and we eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right? Hallelujah. So we, we've been having a good time. This has been a good, good series. And we uh, finished up last week in Hebrews 11. Uh, but I'll tell you what we're going to do. And, and Esther, if you could please flow with me. I, I appreciate your, your patience with me this morning. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Let's go to Proverbs 4, verse 20. How do I see things as God sees? We said last week, you, you, you want to give God your attention. Not religious tradition, but the God himself. And I was talking with someone this past week, and they were a little frustrated. They said, you know, I hear a lot of this, these Christian songs, but they don't have the name of Jesus in it. And I understand where they're coming from. But I say, you know, I mean, his name is the name of all names. I'm, I'm all for that. But his name is, 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 is a proclamation of his person. It's about knowing the person of Christ, not J-E-S-U-S. I can, I can say Jesus, but that doesn't mean I know his person, right? Many people know your name, but they don't know you as a person, right? You're following all kinds of people online. You don't know who they really are. You know their name. So understand, we say knowing his name, we mean the person of Christ. In the scriptures, names are about your character. Names are about your nature. So don't be shallow. We want the person of Christ, right? His name is healing. His name is salvation. His name is freedom. His name is wholeness. The name of Jesus Right? The person of Christ. So how do we see like God sees? We simply give him our full attention. And we practice that each day. We practice keeping our minds stayed on him. 
Proverbs 4.20 says it this way, My son, give attention to my words. Why would you have to say that? Because there's a lot of words out there, right? And you got a choice to make. Whose words are you going to give your attention to? Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. That means you've got to look at them. I mean, I, I just looked at that Luke 9, verse 11, for I don't know how long. I just looked at it. Don't go too fast in the Bible. And, you know, when you're reading in through the Bible through faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit will pull things up off the page and put them in your heart. And when he does that, man, just sit there. Let it happen. Let him just sow that inside of you. Let him just weave that inside of you and make it a part of your fiber, right? A part of the fiber of your heart. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Well, they'll help you a little bit. Is that what verse 22 says? No. They are life. 100% pure life. A lot of, a lot of the, the, the health food industry is a big industry, right? People want to eat stuff that's, that's going to give them health and life. You won't find anything that comes close to this. Not even close. This is the superfood. My words are life, pure life. There's no toxins in the Word of God. There's toxins in legalism and being legalistic with the Word. That'll kill you. That's poison. But the Spirit of God's Word is pure life. Yeah. Right? They are life to those who... Find them. How do you find them? You give them your attention. Right? You want God's word more than anything else. Not legalistically. You want the nature, the person, the will, the character of God displayed in your life. You want to know him. I know my wife's name, but I know her. I know her really well. Hallelujah. Their life to those who find them and what? Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. Health to all the... Is that in the Bible? Have you ever read that? Have you ever meditated on that? And I like to remind, as we're having Bible time around the table, sometimes I'll, I'll remind our family, I'll say, you know what? We're reading health right now. We're reading the Word of God. It's life and health to our flesh, to our whole body. We're taking medicine right now. Natural. The natural remedy, the word there in the Hebrew for health means the cure, the remedy, and the medicine. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if this was preached more? God's Word is the cure for all of your ailments. It's what the Bible teaches. I know it's been hid, but it's what it teaches. Health, the cure. What about for addictions? Is that included in life? Addictions rob you of life. So God's word counters 
anything that would rob you of life. It counters it. It neutralizes it. It destroys it. Antibiotics. <laughs> God's word is anti-bondage. Put an anti-bondage into your mind and your heart. Meditate in the word of God. It destroys bondages. It does. When you believe that, you'll start reading it like you believe it. I didn't like bondage. I was in it for a long time and it hurt. It just about killed me. Until someone gave me a Bible and I started reading what Jesus actually said and I found out what he said was a lot different than what ministers told me. But I decided to go with what he said and you know what happened? The bondages in my life were neutralized. Not by going through a program but by just meditating in what he said. A lot of programs out there but I'm going to let you in a little secret. You don't need them if you'll just meditate in what he said. People are trying to help but if you'll just make what he said the passion of your attention, the focus of your life, stuff that's hindering your life will be neutralized. Amen anyway. Life. Isn't God all about life, right? You know, death has nothing to do with God. It's never been his will. It never will be. It's an enemy to him. It came about through man's rejection of God. And Satan seized the sovereignty, Romans 5.17 says. He stole the authority over this earth and became God of this world. Death is his, his thing. But Jesus took the one who had the power of death. In fact, Jesus crushed the devil. Do you know that? He destroyed him. So don't let the devil have any ground in your life because Jesus destroyed him. And all that he can, the best that he can do is, is trying to get you to believe what he says. The devil I'm talking about, right? Because all he can do is get you to use your faith against yourself. <laughs> That's why, do you know there are spirits of darkness that are talking to you and trying to have conversations with you on a regular basis? It's true. There are spirits of darkness in this atmosphere, right here in this warehouse. In church? Ah, yeah. This is where they want to come. Right? They're more here than, than in, in the clubs or, in, or on the streets where, the, where drugs are being dealt. They're more here. Oh, wow, how about that? Well, he's really flipped his lid now. Why would there be more here than out in a, in a crack house. They don't really need to do anything there, do they? Right? They're, 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 they're in bond. They're just, you know, they're destroying themselves. The work they need to do is here. They want to discredit what Christ has said. They want to water it down. They want to shoot it down with religious theology. That's demonic activity. You know, there's never meant to be any denominations. Are there denominations? Yeah. That's, that's the work of the enemy. We're just supposed to believe what Jesus said. But, 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 we're just supposed to believe what he said. Right? We're followers of Christ. 
Now, if I find out, and this happens to me regularly, that as I'm reading the Word of God, uh-oh, that's contrary to what I believe. I change what I believe right away. That's Him being my Lord. I'm submitting to Him as my authority. So if this is contrary to what so-and-so told me, I'm going with Jesus. Right? Health. The cure. The remedy to those who choose to believe it. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Verse 22. Uh, for 23, I'm sorry. Let's go to 23. So that's about your attention, isn't it? Watching over your heart with all diligence. Right? I mean, we've got some pretty advanced security systems now, right? Someone bumps into your car. Right? I set my own alarm off. I don't know how I do that. I hit the key or something. Uh, that's your car. Oh, sorry. You know. But what about, what about when, 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 when a spirit of darkness starts speaking to your heart? Do you have an alarm that goes off inside of you? What about when a symptom tries to enter your life? How do you respond to that? Do you Google it? And try and self-diagnose it? Or do you step on its head and say, get out of my life? I was, I was driving to church this morning, and uh, I think a spider tried to eat me last night when I was sleeping. But I've got like one, two, three bites there, and I didn't even notice it. I started driving, my wrist was getting itchy. I went like this. And I looked down, so it was just started swelling up here, here, and here. And I said, now wait a minute. I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Who said that? Who said it? Not me. Where did he say it? Luke 10, 18 and 19, right? Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. That includes spiders and over all the power of the enemy. So I'm driving to church, me and Judah, and I said, no. You're neutralized. I mean, it went from something that I could hardly see to this bubble on my wrist. You can't see it now because it's, it's going away. And, and I'm like, what? And it started getting bubbled down here. And I said, hey, whoa, whoa, stop. Whoa. Nothing shall by any means harm me. Nothing shall by any means harm me. Oh, he's really flipped it now. Call 911. He needs to be committed. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it shall by no means harm them. Luke 10, 19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Have you meditated in that? Why not? Nothing. Shall, I can't tell you the things that tried to manifest in my body, but because I've had, I decided to exalt what Jesus said long before that and meditate in what Jesus said, I was able to say no to them and they left. I, mean, I couldn't even begin to count. This is a little one. Could have been a big one. I mean, I, I looked down, you know, I didn't even see anything on my wrist when I first looked down. Then I looked down, I saw this little dot. 
And the estimate went like this. And two minutes I looked down, there was a bubble. I said, what? It's starting to get bigger. I can't even see it. I, you see a little bit red there, but there was, I mean, it was like a bubble here and here. Well, you can't see it now. Satan will, will try and amplify and take it as far as you'll let him. If you don't know wholeness is your God-given provision, you'll allow things to happen or to take their course in your life. That's why God is so adamant about this. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them, their health to all their whole body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. God's very passionate about this. We should be passionate about this. What we're giving our attention to. Man, I'm just thinking back to 1989 when I first started reading this. And thank God the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. I knew I found the way, the truth, and the life. I just believed everything Jesus said. I mean, I mean I'm talking, to, and, and I remember a time. Now, I'm a, a musician, so I use my fingers a lot. I remember a time I was taking down a speaker, uh, uh, audio speaker, and it was heavy. It was up on a pole, and it was kind of one of these old metal, thick, like uh, thick, I don't know what type of metal it was. It was thick and heavy. It was almost like a, a water pipe. And I was taking down the speaker, and the bolt loosened up, and the speaker went, shoom, and went down on my finger and caught my finger between this, this metal edge and, you know, tore the flesh open. And I had to play in a, a few hours later. But I was in the Word, and I spoke to my finger. I knew that Jesus put that fella's ear back on, Right? Was that an isolated incident? What, what, what was the purpose of that? Because he's the healer. And he's the same today. So I knew I could speak to my finger and it would mend and I'd be able to play that night. And that's what I did. And I played that night. Amen. It's time to believe Jesus. It's time to speak to your body and tell it to mend. If your ear falls off, put it back on. I'm serious. Tell it to mend. When our 22-month-old daughter was face down in the water, motionless for who knows how long, and had died, we didn't accept that. My wife picked her up and began to praise God and speak life to her, and she came back, raised her from the dead. Why? We were in the Word. Jesus said uh, to his disciples, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, freely you've received, freely give. If you're a believer, you're a dead raiser. If you're a Christian, you're a dead raiser. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then you're not stepping into who you really are then. We raise the dead. We raise the dead. We heal the sick. We lay our hands on the sick, and they recover. Isaiah 26.3. Can we put that up there in the message, Isaiah 26.3? Watch this one. I didn't write any of this. I'm just 
Just reading it, saying it out loud. People with their minds set on you. You keep completely whole. Have you read that before? Have you meditated on that before? Why not? I don't know how many translations I've looked at Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. It opens things up. You keep completely whole. Those who give you their full attention. Steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. Satan's going to tempt you to quit. This is ridiculous. You hear what that guy's saying? You shouldn't believe all this mumbo jumbo. It's a gimmick. He's going to try and get you to quit and not take Jesus at his word and settle for some philosophy of man. Depend on God and keep at it because in the Lord God you have a sure thing. <laughs> We're seeing as God sees. How? By just believing what he said. Isn't that simple? Just giving him our attention and practicing keeping our minds stayed on him. Mm. When? Monday at 11.45 a.m. When your wheels hit Boston at 12 midnight, your mind stayed on him. Yeah, I was practicing it, you know. It's good to practice no matter where you're at, on the tarmac of an airport or waiting for your luggage or, or at Starbucks or in Home Depot, right? We, we keep our minds stayed on the reality of the person of Christ in us today. We do the things Jesus did and greater things than these. <gasps> Where's that at? Is that in the Bible? Anybody know? John 14. Who said that? Some crazy pastor? No, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life said, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He'll do in greater things than these. That's made theologians go nuts. Greater works than Jesus? Oh, my goodness. What does that mean? It means greater works than Jesus. Why can't you just believe what he said? You'll save yourself a whole lot of heartache and <laughs> frustration if you just believe what he said. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do. Jesus did not have the corner on the market. He was the way, the truth, and life, but he opened the door to this life so that he would be the firstborn from among the dead. But he wasn't the lastborn from among the dead. How do I know? Because I'm born from among the dead. And I'm looking at some people who've been born from among the dead. He was opening the door for this resurrection life, not, not uh, being exclusive with it, and keeping it from us, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I go to the Father and I'll do whatever you ask in my name. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, everything changes when you meditate on what Jesus said. Including your friends. <laughs> and probably where you go to church. A lot of things change when you meditate on what Jesus said. If you want him more than friends, if you want him more than the approval of men, what do you think? 
Have you, have you counted the cost of saying yes to him? Are you okay with losing friends and losing your reputation and, and the approval of established businesses and organizations because you believe what he said? I am. Oh, yeah, I so am. Because <laughs> he's so good. There's nothing anyone could offer me that could ever come close to what he's done for me. Are you kidding? Come on. He's the author of life. Hebrews, we were in Hebrews, and we looked at my buddy Abraham. He's one of my favorite people in history because he believed God. He grew up in a family that worshipped idols. He worshipped idols with his dad, the scriptures tell us. But then God spoke to him at the age of 75, and he asked him to walk away from that darkness and to follow him, and he said yes. I like that. I like a guy like that, right? Leave everything you've ever known and come follow me. Okay, that's exactly what I'll do. Sounds kind of like Jesus, doesn't it? Right? Isn't that what Jesus asked people? Drop your nets. Come follow me. Right? Some did and some didn't. Some thought, well, first I've got to go do this. Jesus will just, he'll just keep doing what the Father said. He's inviting you to do what the Father said. He's inviting you to come with him. But don't be concerned about who gets left behind. Not everyone's going to choose to believe what Jesus said. There are many believers, and we love, we love everybody, no matter what they believe, but they're locked into just someday I hope I go to heaven, so I'm going to believe in Jesus and hopefully get to heaven. That's all they know. If you believe in Jesus, you will go to heaven. If you believe that he, he took your sins upon that cross and rose from the dead for you, you are forgiven, and you will go to heaven. But, you know, his goal was not for you to go to heaven. That's not why he came. He came so that you could become one with the Father. So if, if you put your faith in him for that, to go to heaven, that's, that's fine. But why not realize his true purpose and realize that you've been brought into unity with the maker of heaven and earth? that God has become your Father, that you're one with Him, and that He's living in you now in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's living in you now the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that led Christ through His earthly ministry, that raised Christ from the dead, that, that showed up in the upper room and baptized the first 120 in the Holy Spirit and, and started this whole thing in the New Testament church. He's in you. Hallelujah. Same God, same Spirit. So we looked at Abraham, and in verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, by faith he lived as an alien, E.T., right? Extraterrestrial. Well, that word alien, we learned last week, if you'll study the English word alien, the etymology of it, it really means belonging to another. So we are aliens as well, aren't we? We don't belong to this world or this world system. We belong to the maker of heaven and earth. 
right? God is our Father. I mean, that's something to say over and over again and just to meditate on as you go throughout your day. God is my Father. He's no less my Father than He is Jesus' Father. He's just as much my Father as He is Jesus' Father. I'm just as much a son of God as Jesus is. I'm not the only begotten Son of God, right? I'm not the way, the truth, and the life, but I'm a Son of God. I'm born of the same incorruptible seed. Who impregnated Mary? Oh! The Holy Spirit. Who's living in you? The Holy Spirit. Same Spirit that birthed the Messiah has given birth to you. Man, everything changes when you'll take Jesus at his word. (laughs) verse 10 so this alien this one who was belonging to another because he believed him verse 10 it says he was looking for the city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God I like that seeing as God sees we want you to realize that God has designed a life for you that's beyond what you've ever asked for or imagined It's a divine destiny, but it is not automatic. It will not automatically happen. Contrary to what many say, God is not controlling everything. Jesus didn't teach us that. The Bible doesn't teach us that. Satan's the God of this world. And there are a lot of forces that oppose Jesus in his earthly ministry. Those forces weren't from his father because he rebuked them. If he rebuked them, he would have been rebuking his father. And Jesus never did that because God's kingdom is not divided. Are you following me? So my point is this, if you're going to realize and step into your divine destiny, you're going to need to give God your attention and spend time with him and meditate on these scriptures. These are Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, great scriptures to just meditate on today. And you see, as I take time out of my schedule to meditate on the scriptures like these, my eyes begin to clear and I begin to see myself as he sees me and the Holy Spirit begins to teach me who I was created to be. We were waiting in line to get on one of the planes this past week and uh, I forget how it was said, but someone said something like, uh, don't, don't say be who you are, but be who you were created to be. You understand the difference? In other words, there's different versions of you. There's the carnal version of you that that would just let your flesh do whatever it wants, right? There's the version of you that people think you are, that, that man wants you to be. But then there's the divine version of you that the Father says you are. That's the version we choose. Right? And we realize the divine version of us as we meditate in His Word. And the Holy Spirit will give you a very vivid picture of your divine destiny, who you are and what God's called you to do. And you don't want to go through life without that because it becomes a, a, um, a GPS for you. There are certain things I will not do because it's not a part of what He's called me to do. 
So when I know what I'm called to do, I know what to say yes to and what to say no to. There's a lot of things you could do with your life, but God hasn't called you to do everything. He's called you to do certain things. So I want to give him my attention and meditate in his word that's alive so the Holy Spirit can show me what God made me for. I'm looking for a life built by God whose architect and builder is God. This word architect means a person who's qualified to design buildings and to plan and supervise their construction. A person who's responsible for inventing or realizing a particular idea or project. God's your architect. You were his idea. He drew up the blueprints for you. But you'll never discover the real you until you start spending time with your architect. Hallelujah. Designer, he's your designer, he's your planner, he's your originator, he's your author, he's your creator, he's your founder, he's your father, he's your engineer, he's your shaper, he's your inventor, he's your maker, he's your producer, he's your mastermind, he's your builder. Architect in Latin means chief builder. God's your chief builder, right? A builder is a person who constructs things by putting parts and material together over a period of time. See, your destiny won't just poop all at once. God's your chief builder. And as you spend time with him, it allows him. You do have to give God permission in your life. Did you know that? It says that Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Jesus, in his own hometown, could not do any mighty works there, which means he was trying, but he couldn't because of their unbelief. You have to give God the right of way in your life. How? By believing what he said. By believing what he said. I give him the right of way when I take him at his word. And as I'm taking him at his word and meditating in his word, what's he doing? He's putting parts and materials together of my destiny. I can't even see it happening. He's doing it internally in me, in my mind, in my person, but he's also working in my future as I spend time with him. He's he's already in next week. He's already in 2022 putting together parts and materials for me. He's building, he's putting together this plan that was designed for me before I was in my mother's womb. I'm saying me, but I mean you too. You understand? For all of us, for each of us individually. So when I spend time with him, I'm opening the door for him to put things together in my life. Wow. Time spent with him is is time invested in your future and your present. So I, I want to get alone with him. When I get alone with him, I'm I'm op- I'm allowing him to operate in me. I'm allowing him to rearrange things in my life, to change and shape and change me and to to rearrange things, to reschedule things. There might be things on your calendar that don't need to be on there anymore. Woo! That's what God's been doing in my life these past 10 years, removing things from my calendar. 
And that was hard for me. Man, I had a sophisticated calendar, boy. I had some time management systems in place. And he just says, delete that. What? I mean, it's color-coded, bruh. Right? Are you willing to remove things from your calendar and not uh, look so busy? Your worth is not based on how much you do. It's based on who you follow and who made you. Hmm. There are many working many hours because they're getting their, their self-value from how many hours they work each week. And I, I get that. Believe me, I do. But how many hours you work each week is not, that doesn't have anything to do with your value. I only want to do what God tells me to do each day. Right? And only as many days as he tells me to do it. Right? Hallelujah. Let God build your calendar and your work schedule. Now, I know you, you may not be your own boss, but either way, God will still do it. I mean, I was, uh, you know, doing, I was a professional musician, and I had to travel a lot, and it was a, a different kind of schedule. But I started spending time with God, and, and I just didn't want that schedule anymore. And I say, God, I just, I just give you my whole life. You, you make my schedule. He'll do it, boy. He'll do it. Just give him your whole life. He's your provider, right? So you don't have to worry about how many hours you work. We don't work to earn money. We, we employ our gifts and talents because of our divine purpose. We're not lazy. I'm not about laziness. I'm talking about divine purpose, right? We choose the, the work that we do based on our time spent with him, not on the salary or the benefits or the hours. Well, I wish you didn't have said that. You're talking about living your whole life for him? Yeah. Why do you work where you work? Why not get alone with him and say, okay, Father, Show me what you made me for. What? How do you want me to employ my time? Well, so-and-so, I said I should do this. So-and-so says you should be that. So-and-so, you should get a job. There's good money in that. There's good benefits. Ah, I want to follow Jesus. Forget not all his benefits. Woo! Just trying to. Calm down a little bit here because he's so good. All right, let's wind this up. God is so good. Let me give you this scripture because I want you to, to, to take this with you. Romans 4.16, Abraham we find, I wish I had time to, to read through it all, but Abraham is the father of the covenant that we have with God. It's a covenant of righteousness by faith. And in verse uh, 16 of Romans 4, it says, for this reason, it is by faith that it might be in accordance with grace 
in order that the promises may be certain to all the descendants. If, if your relationship with God depends on your works, it is not a certain relationship. It will fall apart. It's got to be by grace so that it can be certain. It's got to be his initiative or we can't rely on what we have in him. To all the descendants, not only to those who are, uh, who are of the Lord, but also to those who, those who are of the faith of Abraham, that's you and me, come on, who is the father of us all, as it is written, the father of many nations have I made you in the sight of God, excuse me, in the sight of him, that's God, whom Abraham believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. If you're going to live your divine destiny, there's two things you're going to need to do. You're going to need to be raised from the dead. You're going to need to be born again is what I mean. And you're going to need to call things into your life that don't exist. When you put your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit makes your dead spirit alive. You're reborn. That happened today to some people, right? The next thing you're going to need to do is to start speaking the kingdom of God into your life. If you're lacking joy, start speaking joy and peace and strength into your life. You can change the atmosphere of your apartment or your home with your mouth. Start speaking peace into your apartment and your home and joy into your, into your family, into your marriage. Love and joy and peace and patience. If, you're, if you want to live the architect's plan for your life, you're going to have to be raised from the dead. And you are if you put your faith in Christ. And you're going to have to call into existence things that don't currently exist in your life. Don't wait for them to show up. Begin to call them into your life. This is the model that the father of our faith, Abraham, set for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what's missing in your life? Start calling it into being. Right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you read the context of Mark chapter 11, he's talking about speaking. Have the faith of God. Embrace this God life, the message says in Mark eleven twenty two, and nothing will be too much for you. I tell you the truth, uh, he who believes that what he says will happen will have whatever he says. Am I making that up? Who said that? I don't know. Jesus, where? Mark eleven twenty two through 24. Read Mark 11 today. Go with Jesus. Ooh-wee. <laughs> You're not in a hurry, are you? I know it's warm today. We'll be out before midnight. Come on. Come on. Rob, are you still here? There you are, Rob. You can get ready. We'll be ready in a few minutes here. We're being changed right now. Father, thank you for this time in your presence. We give you our full attention. We refuse to stay the same. We refuse to follow anyone else but you. We refuse to listen to anyone else but you. We refuse to believe anyone else but you. Because you're God. You have no beginning. 
you have no end. <laughs> no evil dwells with you. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You're our chief builder, our architect. You knit us together in our mother's womb, and we give our whole lives to you. So right now, as we're thinking about today and tonight and our plans for the week, we make room for you. For time alone with you. All through the month of June, we're going to look at our calendar. We're going to make sure that we spend time alone with you. Meditating on what you've already said. Your words is alive and powerful right now as it was the moment you spoke it. It's quick and powerful. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us pull away and spend time with you. Help us to give you our full attention to take you at your word, to see things as you see them. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this highway family. Lord, these people are so precious. And Father, I pray that you would do something special in their life today. I ask you to touch them, Holy Spirit. Not only those in the warehouse, but those online. Touch them. Quicken them. Strengthen them. That they would know and understand your calling for their lives. That they would know and be sure and be certain and understand the riches of their inheritance in you. That they would know and be sure and understand the surpassing greatness of the resurrection power of Christ in them now. That they would know that they are your sons and daughters, just like Jesus. That as Jesus is, so are they in this world. Father, we're hitting the halfway mark of 2021. End of the second quarter at the end of this month. And we give you a full right away to rearrange anything in our lives that needs to be rearranged. To delete anything from our calendar that needs to be deleted. We give you our calendar. We give you our hopes and our dreams. We give you all of our time and our energy and our resources. And we worship you. And there's nothing frightening about that. Because we know you'd never hurt us. That you're a good, good father. That your plans are to prosper us. To give us a future that's beyond what we've imagined. So with great joy and expectation. We give you our whole lives. In Jesus' name.
God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.